in today's show. It's NBA Christmas. We're going to look back at all five games from the NBA on Sunday. Talk about that action. A little bit of news. It's not going to be a long show because you guys have been enjoying Christmas. You've been eating lots of food and maybe drinking lots of alcohol. I don't know. But we've got lots of stuff to talk about in today's show with those five games on. Michael Bolton, he's here. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I said I'm not going to do a full, full-throated show. We did a waiver wire show early today, so I'm not going to do waiver wire moves here. I'm not even going to do trade stuff. I'm going to be short and sharp in and out of here. I know most of you, most people aren't going to even listen to this show, honestly, because always people have got busy stuff with their families. We're still doing it. We're still putting out the show. It'll just be a little bit pared back, but not in our analysis of those games. We're going to talk about all five of those Christmas games. So, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Just talking about, I did the What to Watch For and stream show for Monday earlier on today, and a couple of updates on that. We thought Kawhi would sit on Tuesday, but he's sitting on Monday. So that opens up the value of Terrence Mann. It opens up the value of Norman Powell, perhaps. It improves Nico Batum's outlook. But John Wall will play and then probably sit on Tuesday. So that hurts Reggie Jackson a little bit. Brandon Ingram is out for New Orleans, but Zion Williamson is back. So we've seen Jackson Hayes and Billy Hernan Gomez get extra playing time the last couple of games. That will probably be less likely here. Although, we don't know about Larry Nance. He's still listed questionable. And if he is out, then Hernan Gomez or, or Hayes will get those backup center minutes behind Jonas Valanciunas. But all we know is that Ingram's out. So Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, the value lives there. There's a little bit of a decrease with Zion back because of usage stuff. And then the center stuff is still unknown because of Larry Nance's status, which remains up in the air. Now, I haven't talked about that this on the pod- podcast yet. And we haven't got... I wish I had news to tell you about DeMontis Sabonis' hands in, hand injury because I don't. Because Woj just said, oh, yeah, it's an injury, and it may or may not be severe, and he may or may not miss games. Like, thanks, big fella. That doesn't help anybody with anything. So we don't know about DeMontis Sabonis. It doesn't sound like he's going to be out weeks, but maybe he is. I expect that Rashawn Holmes would get first crack at it, but I think it's only 20 minutes. And then Metu and Kader and Lyles all sort of share that playing time. Sometimes they'll go small with Lyles. Sometimes they'll go huge with Kader. Sometimes they'll go with Holmes. I just think it'll be a complete mess, and... You won't have any real clear winner. As for Davis, again, the update didn't tell us anything. It said, all right, he's got like a stress injury. What kind? Oh, we're not, we can't tell you. It's a stress injury. Oh, that's great. How long is going to be out? Ah, I can't tell you. So at this point, we're still under the assumption that it's like a month, probably three weeks, still to go from that Davis injury, whether it's end of season or not. We still don't know. Is he doing a Cade Cunningham stress reaction where he's resting and then deciding to get surgery four weeks later while dressing up as a full kit wanker and getting shots in before a game? I don't know. And if you know what a full kit wanker is, congratulations to you. You are indeed a man of culture. So I don't know what to say with that Davis stuff. All we say is we have Thomas Bryant and we'll talk about Thomas Bryant a little bit later on because more shenanigans going on with that one. So there's lots for us to, um, lots for us to talk about in this game or in on this day of action. So, 
we are going to do it. Should we get straight into this first game? We probably should. Um, that's all the news. Yeah, that's all the news I'm going to talk about. So let's go into this first game as Obi tries to come up here. Um, all right, first one. Early Christmas game was the Philadelphia 76ers and your New York Knickerbockers. Of course, the Sixers win at 119-112. Story from Woj, tweet from Woj, which is honestly just penned straight from the mouth of an agent. And Woj is doing this a lot lately. Or is it, is, it's just something. Like, what, what do we need? ESPN sources, all-star guard, James Harden is seriously considering a return to the Rockets in free agency in July if he decides against the New Deal against the Sixers. I'm seriously considering someone paying me $10 million to look at pictures of myself standing naked in a mirror if that deal arises. But, you know, it might not. Or my current deal might remain where I talk shit into a microphone about NBA players. Who knows? I guess we'll never know the answer until we get to July. So, and people, again... Not to criticize the people who, who who not get sucked in, because that's not the right word. But you need to be really cautious about what you're reading, right? Because immediately this came out, someone said, man, do I just grab Shake Milton now? Because with this no woe story about Harden? So I looked, I go, what? what? Like, did I miss something? And then I have to question what I read. But the immediate thought was, well, that means that Harden might get traded or they're thinking of trading Harden back to Houston because he's not going to re-sign. That's not the case, but you've got to be really cautious about either what you read on primary source or whether you take it from Legion Hoops or Hoops Central or someone who's twisted into something else before you start making rash fantasy decisions. Now, this guy didn't make a fast, rash, a fast fantasy decision as Obi comes up. He didn't make that decision, but he just asked about it. But it is really important to understand context and reasons and why this stuff comes out. And why does this stuff come out? To give hard negotiating power. When he's making a new contract, whether this is with Houston, I don't. I have no problem believing that he loves living in Houston and he loved living in Houston. He's got a massively strong connection to the community. That stuff's been known for years. But the point of this is to drum up a market so that he doesn't get lowballed and he gets this big contract still again. I'm sure that's what it is. And there's more stuff for us to talk about with that later on. But it is really just important to to hear that or to understand where that comes from. Anyway, Harden had 29, four and 13 with four steals and a block, which is. Of course, as the kids would say, fully sick. D'Anthony Melton played 27 minutes. He had some foul trouble, 15 and three with five threes, but still a really good line. While Maxi should be back really soon, I would hold Melton and then we'll figure out what to do then. I know that I did a show. Hey, what were my biggest hits and misses? And I said, Toby Harris, big miss. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. And then this little bastard goes out and has eight and six on 40% with no steals, no threes, and no blocks, making me look right, but also wrong when I said that I was wrong early on. I don't know. I do think he's going to drop off still, and I think the early season stuff is a mirage. But again, to date, I've been wrong, but thank you for proving me right. Joel Embiid, 35 and eight, a bit rough from the line, just 67%. He went 10 to 15, which is not ideal pretty clearly. And old mate George Yang, he's an excellent three-point streamer. It doesn't always hit. But that's the thing you have with three-point streamers. 16 points, four triples. He's available basically in every league. So if you're always looking for threes, he's a guy that can always help there. Um, Matisse Thibault continues to be uh, disastrous. For the next, the double royal played 40 minutes. Julius Randle. Um, yeah, 35 and 8, 4 assists, 2 steals, a block, 4 triples. A fantastic game. He has been very, very good for most of this season. Well, Rowan Barrett scored 44 last game. With, oh, here we go, here we go. 17 and 10 on 29%. Oh, this bloke. Can he just ever, ever do it consistently? I'd like to see him do it for a full season before I buy in. 
because he'll have the good games. And 17 and 10 with four assists isn't a disaster. But then that field goal, and even three or four from the line, hurts a little bit. And no defensive stats, of course. The big question, and one that the notoriously media-friendly New York Knicks organization failed to answer, was what the hell happened to Jalen Brunson. 35 minutes, 23 points, 11 assists, 53% shooting, a trip to the locker room to which he never returned from, and an injury diagnosis. I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you about that. Okay, New York, did he have an injury? Oh, we can't really say. What injury was I? I don't know. So I'm sure we'll get an update at some point, but I don't know. So it is probably worth grabbing Emmanuel quickly, who can have value on his own, 11 points, two threes in 22 minutes, but would likely get gain a lot. Now, you could look at this and go, yeah, well, it might be quickly or it might be Juice McBride. So, But adding him off the back of a six trillion old juice. I am going to drop a deuce on everybody. Seems pretty stupid, doesn't it? But it, it could be a move. I'd add quickly over juice. Um, and then Quentin Grimes. This briefcase and this haircut. This is grimy. 39 minutes, 10 points, two threes, six assists, a steal, and a block. That's really solid. Is it still back end 12? Yeah, it is. But it's solid. Mitchie Robinson had 10 and 16 with three blocks in 29 minutes, while Hartenstein played 15 minutes. And Jericho Sims continues to play for a reason. You just made the list. He had four points and four rebounds in his 12 minutes. Guys, today's episode is brought to you by betonline.net. BetOnline is your number one source. For all of your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis, get the latest odds, trends for all professional and amateur leagues, the NFL, the NBA, college basketball, and of course, college bowl season with the national championship semifinals on next weekend. They've got the fastest and easiest way to get all that betting info. For example, Sunday night football, Chargers, not Sunday night, Sunday, no, Monday night football, Chargers, Colts, Chargers, four-point favorites, they win, they're in, apparently, so... Are they going to be able to get it done against Jeff Monday? We will find out. And if you want the odds to that and all of the week 17 action in the NFL, it's all over at betonline.net. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let us do the second game of the day. The Los Angeles Lakers and the Dallas Mavericks. The Lakers get really thumped in the end in the fourth quarter here. The final score, 124-115, but it was like a 50-20 to third quarter run. For the Lakers, no Davis, of course. So the big fella, LeBron James. LeBron James. 38-6-5 on 57% shooting. Perfect 12 of 12 from the line. Let's then move to the tank, Tom Bryant. That's pretty disappointing. 19 minutes, 8-3-2. So what happened? Well, he had three fouls in 10 minutes in the first half. He played the first eight minutes of the third quarter. They got roasted during a lot of that time that he was out there. And then the game was over. They went small with Bron at center and he never returned. I still believe that he is a must-roster player, Big Tom Bryant. But I'm not ruling out that maybe his shoulder was a little bit a little bit weird. And if he is actually hurt with a shoulder, then I do not care to add Damian Jones, who played two minutes, or even Wenyan Gabriel, who had two and seven in 18 minutes. My favorite punching bags, Lonnie Walker had nine points in 29 minutes and clearly is not a must-roster player in 12-team leagues. Dennis Schroeder is probably also not a must-roster player. Seven, five, and four in 28 minutes. And the fit with him and Beverly or him and Westbrook is atrocious because the Lakers front office has no idea how to build a roster. Pat Beverly, another game over 30 minutes. They are pushing up. 32 of them, eight, three, and three with a steal. Not saying he's a 12-team league guy, but the 100th-ranked player over the last week. You at least have to start thinking about him in 14s. While the uh, Lakers' third best player, Austin Reeves, had 16 points in 29 minutes with two blocks. Very interestingly, Westbrook played 24. 
Price of the brick going up. He played like 25 last game. And with Davis out, he's playing few minutes. He had 17, 5, and 4. He was a ferocious, ferocious? That's not a word. Um, atrocious slash horrendous is now ferocious. There you go. Minus 30 in 24 minutes. And was bad from the field and one of two from the line with no defensive stats. He is, of course, really not hitting that 30-minute threshold at the moment. Production is down. It's still got to be a hold, but I, I, I was going to say lower your expectations. There is no way anyone watching this show or listening to this show has high expectations for Westbrook anymore. Do you? Is there anyone who actually believes? Oh, he just needs the right spot. Just got to let Russ be Russ. Just put the ball in his hands and let him and let him cook. Like there, No one still believes that, do they? Do they? If you do, let me know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. For the old Mavericks, it had happened. Christian Wood's been starting the last couple, but we got big stuff from the crucifix on Christmas. Is that a little sacrilegious? Probably. 38 minutes, 30 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 4 steals, 2 blocks, 71%. You could not ask for a better line from the crucifix. I guess the best line you could ask from the crucifix was the tweet that Woj put out. On the day that Dallas Mavericks forward Christian Wood becomes eligible for a four-year, $77 million contract extension, he delivers 30 points, eight rebounds, and seven assists um, directly from his agent. I am sure that's where that came from. That is a ridiculous tweet. Again, understand where stuff comes from. If they sign into a four-year, $77 million contract, they are gagging themselves. Um, but we will, we'll find out, won't we? But it was, it was a big game. Now, in the last couple of starts, he's played like 29 minutes. Nothing exciting whatsoever in that playing time. But he went big here, and he put up really, really strong numbers. We've got a roster him, obviously, and we hope it continues. Tim Hardaway, quiet first half, good second half. 26, six triples, 39 minutes. Well, Doncic had 39, 9, and 9. Oh, stunning. Yeah. And two steals. Unfortunately, he was 12 of 16 from the line, which hurts a little bit. It was also a good game from Reggie Bullock. 14 points with four threes in 35 minutes. Don't buy it. Don't get sucked in. He's a point streamer. Oh, sorry, a three streamer. Well, Dinwiddie played a lot of minutes, 40 of them for eight points and eight, re eight assists with 20% shooting. He is sort of just settling into where he's going to be in that back end sort of range. Bertans hit two threes. That's what he can do without much else. And this was a game with no Kemba Walker. Please, you need to jack Kemba Walker off. Dorian Finney-Smith also out. Muxy Kleber, I think his season's done, Kleber. And Josh Green's out for probably at least one more week. Today's episode is also brought to you by NHTSA. You hang out with some friends, you put in back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many, and as the evening comes to an end, people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home, okay? It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get, it ride, get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, before we go to this next game, which is Bucks Celtics' third game of the day, my son's here. Ben Lloyd, ready to... He, he watches game with me, and uh, well, he, he wants to join in, and it's Christmas, so why not? Let's talk about the Bucks and the Celtics. Bang it right across. Benny. All right, so Drew Holiday. He played 37 minutes today, which is pretty good. Uh, he shot 8 for 14 from the field. He had 23 points. Six rebounds and seven assists, two steals, no blocks, and three turnovers. 
Brook, Brook Lopez, one of my favorite players, actually. He had 32 minutes, 16 points, five boards, and one assist, one steal, one block, two turnovers. They were, they were pretty big. Drew was massive for the Bucks for a lot of this game. Um, when you look at Giannis's line, okay, we start looking at it. He played 35. He had 27 points. He was nine assists, three rebounds, which is all good, right? It's all fine. But 41%, like, what are you doing? 67 from the line. We know that's a problem. But, like, we said this during the game. Yeah. Why is this dickhead pulling up from the top of the key for like for pull-up middies? What, what are you doing? Why? It was really stood out in this game, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Um, there were those two early on, and I just sort of I saw the first one. I went, oh, Giannis taking shots. And then the second one happened. And I just turned around and said, what is this guy actually doing? It, it doesn't make any. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's his knee because like he had that knee problem. Well, he's had it for years, right? But he had that knee problem through the uh, Euro basket. Yep. He's had it a few times this season. He just. There's just something off, and it's been a consistent thing. He has these couple of games where he goes back 70%. You go, that's great. And then you have these games where he's just, look, he was a minus 27 in this game. Like, that is almost unfathomable for Giannis, one of the best three players, like, conservatively, best five players in the league, to be that bad and to be shooting that poorly. It's frustrating. I don't know if you can buy him low in fantasy anyway, but it is it is frustrating. Um, What do you think of uh, the tech on Bobby Portis for his, uh, you know, he is called Punch Bob, but what do you think of his punch on Grant Williams to get that tech? Soft. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I, I, even Grant, I know Grant Williams went over to, to Bud and was like, yeah, he punched me. Grant, he didn't, mate. He barely touched you on the back. But that obscures the fact that Portis is playing shithouse. Four points, nine rebounds, 23 minutes. He is trending down. He's the 223rd ranked player over the last week. That's not going to cut it. Now, I don't think that he's a drop at this point, but with Middleton still not even there, when he comes back, it is going to squeeze Punch Bob a little bit more. So he's a hold, like a real soft hold, and we'll see what happens from him or with him from there. Um, Grayson Allen did like nothing. Like this, he's annoying. He had a massive dunk, which I don't. Like, I, yeah, I was surprising. I didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, we both uh, popped off for that because who knew Grayson Allen's throwing down in traffic? But what did you think of Joe Ingles? Because like obviously third game back from the torn ACL, um, eleven points, two threes, nineteen minutes. They seem to be. I, I don't know how you saw it, but they seem to be relying upon him more than I thought they would at this point. Yeah. Which to me portends that there's going to be somewhat of a larger role moving forward. Look, quick rehab, Aussie legend Joe Ingles here. He played, like, I was not expecting to see him this much in that game. Um, it seems like in the next couple of games, Bobby Port- oh, not Bobby Portis, jeez. Um, Joe Ingles could be used a lot more. He was out there so, so much, and it really stood out. He was there in the, in the key moments they were using him. He started swishing some threes. He was only two of six, but he hit. He missed the first couple, then hit a few. Like It was just important to see that role. Now, I don't think he's going to be a fantasy option for most people, but him getting minutes actually hurts Portis more. It hurts Wes Matthews and these Javon Carter, who's had moments this season. If he pushes to 25, 26 minutes, they're going to come from somewhere. And Portis is going to be one of those guys who misses out. And how they fit Middleton back in, I don't know. On the Celtics, two of the, the big two guys, Jason Tatum and um, Jalen Brown. JB, you've done it again. Had some <laughs> Aussie legends, JB Hi-Fi. Um, they had big games. Um, Tatum dominated the third. Brown yeah. dominated the fourth. You want to go through their numbers? Uh, yes, I do. Tatum had 36 minutes. at 41 points. Uh, seven boards, five assists, three steals, zero blocks, one turnover. But really, yeah, again, that third quarter was just... It was something. It I think was, he scored about 20 points in, it that, was, in that quarter. It was special. He was literally unstoppable. The Bucks couldn't do anything about it. It was just... Really great to watch. And then the fourth, it was really Jalen Brown, who yeah. had 37 minutes, 29, 5, and 4. Like, it was just those two guys. What else really stood out to you on the Celtics team? I'm going to talk about Rob Williams in a second. Was there anything else that stood out to you? Um, 
Not really in particular. I just think um, I wasn't saying a ton of Smart and Horford. I don't know if that was just me, but I kind of expected to see a bit more of them today. They only played 30 minutes, which is low. Like you would have, you would have hoped that they got a little bit more playing time, but they just got so many options. Like Grant Williams played 26, Brogdon only got 17, Derek White played um, 30 minutes, and and White's uh, minutes, as I find my sound drop. Maximum Derek. They've been up. While Brogdon's been under 20 for three straight games, and White's been up. Now I don't think that White is a 12-team league guy, but that's an interesting thing. But the problem is, and it's much like when we talk about the Clippers, is that there's so many options. Like so, if White sucks, they can play Brogdon. And if Smart struggles, they can play White and Brogdon together. And if Horford's having an off night, they can play Grant Williams. And if they want shooting, they can put Sam Hauser. And if they want... Look, they're only playing Rob Williams 14 minutes, which is a little bit of a concern. How do you think Rob looked? I thought he... I didn't think he looked bad out there. I didn't think he looked bad, and I also didn't think that he looked great. I think he was just mid. Yeah, like, he wasn't anything special. Six points, two rebounds, doesn't cut it, obviously. 14 minutes, doesn't cut it. But do not do anything stupid. Do not drop Robert Williams. In fact... You find the person who drafted him that waited for 10 weeks for him to come back and then he comes in with like three really like mid to subpar games and maybe you get him for a top 70 guy. But what I have done after watching this and seeing the playing time is just sort of reverted my projections back. Like maybe he doesn't hit 28 minutes this season. A, I don't think think they need to and they're just going to ease him through. So maybe he gets to 26 or 27 in March. Maybe. It doesn't feel like it's going to be a quick rush into big minutes. He was fine out there, and he's still really important in terms of getting rebounds for them. But in terms of putting up those sort of crazy numbers that he put up last season, I'm just not sure that's going to be a case. Now, if we go through these guys just again, fantasy-wise, White, I think, is really fringe 12. I don't think I'd bother. Brogdon, I think, is probably the same. He had 9-2-1 in his 17 minutes. Williams is a hold. Grant Williams isn't, even though he played 26 minutes for 11 points. It's a solid line from Grant. I don't buy it for a single second. And the Celtics uh, run away with it by 21 points. Ben, thanks for coming on talking Boston and Milwaukee. No problem. Um, and I'll come back in a sec and talk about the rest of the games. Cool. Go Tigers. All right. The next game was, unfortunately, another ass-kicking, but not the direction that we thought it would be. thought the Grizzlies could go in with all of their talk, all of their bravado, the Warriors, uh, um, without Steph, without Wiggins, and they just got cooked. Like, simply. Really, really cooked. 123 Golden State, 109 Memphis. Jar, 41 minutes, played a lot. 36, 7 and 8, 52%. Unfortunately, his free throws are just in the dirt. 57%. He's been really bad with percentages over the last couple of months, and that's why. Yeah, he's well down. That's why he's not a top 50 player so far this season in category leagues. Points is different. He's 13th. In category leagues, we knew drafting him at 14 was stupid. 20 was stupid. 26, 27, you can get away with it, but he's gotten... A lot of his stuff's gotten worse, which is frustrating. Stephen Adams, just 21 minutes. We know this happens against the Warriors a lot, where a big center often gets replaced by a more athletic one like Brandon Clark. So Clark, he played 27 minutes, 9 and 7. I don't think he's a 12-term league guy. This is not a regular trend. While Adams had 6 and 14. And it's a massive buy-low opportunity for old mate Des Bain. 24 minutes for T-Rex. He had 9 points on 15% shooting with a block. That's two games back to absolute turd burgers. He will be better. Do not panic. Do not panic sell. Try and acquire in a trade, but it's just two stinkers. Dylan Brooksy Brooks, Warriors legend, 13 points, 33% shooting, which is actually a good night from Brooks. The I think with um, Bain back, he's moving towards a drop, and we already know that Lil John Conchar is. What? Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's definitely a drop. Yeah! All right, cool. Jaron Jackson, 21 minutes. I love when coaches foul their own players out. 
He did have five fouls. That's true. Fouls is... I, I fucking hate it. Hate fouling out. So annoying. 21 minutes, 11... Well, just don't give me fouls. 11 points, two rebounds, one steal, two blocks. He still got it done. And that's two games in a row where foul trouble has really hurt him. And it's annoying. I want to see the best players on the court. And some of those fouls were garbage. And it's always the case. In this game, the bloody ref, someone fouled James Wiseman and they let Clay Thompson take the free throws. So don't tell me don't commit fouls when the refs are making egregious errors like that and they make errors on so many foul calls because it's bloody hard to do. And when something is as hard to do as refereeing an NBA game, and I am saying it is, and these guys are the best at it in the world, but they make plentiful errors. But then those plentiful errors lead to players like Jaron Jackson, your best players on your showcase day playing 21 minutes. It's a garbage system. And I know that's how everyone's always done it. It is still frustrating. This is an entertainment product at the end of the day. I want to see the best players playing. I want, if you want to complain about rest days, complain about fouling out or the coach's strategy around it. Because they just, Taylor Jenkins fouled him out. I get it. He had five of them, but he got fouled out by his own coach. Tyus Jones had 13, one and five. Still remains like a solid-ish hold if you're in a strong position. While uh, Santi Aldama had nine points with three threes. For the Warriors, Jordan Poole got ejected. Not before he scored 32 points, though. He took just a million shots. He almost had a 50% usage. I don't know how that's possible, but he did. 48% usage, 32-3-2, 44% from the field, and 88 from the line. Strong game there. While Clay had 24-9-4, and four, unfortunately, just 32% shooting. The big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo. 19 points, five threes, three assists, and a, and a steal. I thought he was really important for them. He looked great. The worry I have is when Wiggins returns. Now, I don't think Wiggins is going to be back for Tuesday. He might not be back for Wednesday. So we just keep rolling with DiVincenzo. And then when Wiggins comes back, we see what DiVincenzo's role is. And then we make a decision whether we drop or not. I don't have to preempt. What if when Wiggins comes back on Friday and he moves to the bench and plays 24 minutes? Well, I'll figure it out then. I don't have to pre-plan that. I would guess if he plays 24 minutes and comes off the bench, I'm not going to want to hold him. But for now, Wiggins isn't back. He's still out. We keep rolling with Dante. And we just enjoy the fruits of his labor. Most nights, some nights, a lot of nights. I tweeted before the game that it had been two weeks since Draymond Green had registered a steal or a block, and he came out and had one steal and two blocks. Thank you for that, Draymond. It is also a great reminder, as many people replied to that tweet, why steals and low-volume stats are so hyper-variable. A block is one play in a 105-possession game, and you get a fingertip on it or you don't, and it changes the value of fantasy massively. Now, a lot of people just will look at this and go, oh, Draymond, shit game again. He had 13 rebounds, 13 assists, a steal, and two blocks. He's been a little bit disappointing this year. He's still a top 90 player. He's probably getting drafted around the 80s. I don't think it's been as disastrous as what maybe it's made out to be. Old 2%, Milk, Ty Jerome had 14 points in 22 minutes with two threes, while the James Wiseman ad predictably was useless. He had zero points in eight minutes with five rebounds. That 30-point game was never something that was going to be realistic. Do not hold him in 12-team leagues. I don't think Looney's anywhere near a 12-teamer either. Three, five, and four, steal, and a block. And Kaminga had seven and four in 17 minutes. His opportunity to shine is when Wiggins is out, and he's not shining. And while Moody, Kaminga, and Wiseman actually played okay and had positive plus-minuses, they're not impacting 12-team leagues. So Kaminga and Wiseman, I don't think they're worth holding. Now, when Clay sits, maybe Wednesday then yeah, maybe we do stream Moody or maybe we do stream Kaminga in. But as holds, and these guys are rostered in more leagues than I care to talk about. Like it's just not, why Wiseman is it to 40%? I've got no idea. It just shouldn't happen. You do not need to hold Jim Wiseman. Um, Anthony Lamb had 11 points with three threes and two steals. 
And I don't know why I needed to mention that, but I did. All right, and eventually we can move on to the final game of the night, which took forever, but that's because it was really, really good. Went to overtime. The Nuggets win at 128-125 on an Aaron Gordon teabag dunk on Landry Shamit, which is one of the craziest dunks I reckon I've ever seen live in-game. And I'm so glad that after they called a charge, which charges are stupid. I hate charges. They're dumb. Oh, yeah. I know people love them. Some people really love it. It's really good defense. Yeah, it's good defense to getting yourself really hurt, and you're not actually contesting anything. You're just standing in the way. And I'm glad that they reversed the call. Simple as that. It's a fun dunk. It was it, Actually, it was more than fun. It was unbelievable. And Aaron Gordon drops it right on his head and then lands on him twice on the ground. But let's talk about the Phoenix side of things. Devin, because it's, it's bad news. Devin Booker played four minutes and hurt his groin again. And I think, recklessly speculating, you, you, well, you've, got to, you've got to think this, that he pushed to come back too early to play on Christmas. I, I don't know what more you could think of. Like, what other reason is there? After he pushed and came back to play against the Pelicans to drop 58 on him, and that's it. That's all we've seen from him. It's really frustrating. Two points for Booker. What it does open up is Landry Shamet. 39 minutes, 31, 2 and 6, 7 triples. I'll say he's not going to be like this all the time, but this is like three out of the last four games from Shamit. Now, he's only a points and threes guy, but they got he got six assists, and they were just letting him do whatever he wanted, really, shooting-wise. And he's going to start next game, and he's probably worth an ad, as amazing as that is. Eight and 22, 16, two steals, two blocks, and two assists. Should we give him a Richie Benno? Today, the day of the Boxing Day test? Yeah, let's give it to him. Two for two, two, two. Well, Mikael Bridges had just a horrendous offensive foul, and then at the end of regulation, and then blocked Jamal Murray's game-winning shot. Ended up with 13, 2, and 3 with four blocks on another subpar shooting night. It's also a good Tory Craig night, 13 and 7 with two steals and a block. He hasn't been that good recently. He's at least a schedule streamer, but most nights, or a lot of nights, Josh Okogie's been getting those minutes, but it was definitely Craig who was given the, the look ahead there. 41 minutes for Christopher Paul, 17, 4, and 16, two steals and a block. That's all great, unless you're in a category league where he shot 35% and a disgusting 5 of 10 from the free throw line. The drop-off in Paul from category, in category leagues has been pretty significant for a guy that we just said, well, he's going to be top 30. He's not. Like, he's 50th. He's outside the top 50. And that's what happens when you get older. It was also a good game from Damian Lee. 18 points, 8 rebounds, 4 threes. And if we expect Booker is going to miss, which I do, Lee has 3-point streaming and point streaming value. For the Nuggets, the big fella, Nikola Jokic. Yeah, like, he's really good. I know basketball references MVP tracker has him like a 42% chance to win the award because he's dropping 41, 15, and 15 on 64% shooting and 78 from the line. Like he's almost back at number one in fantasy. Number three in points leagues. He's dominating. Jamal Murray had some rough stretches but ended with 26, 5, and 5. But more importantly, played 43 minutes. Had two steals and a block. Better shooting we'd like, but not, not terrible. And you've got to shout out Aaron Gordon. I've never seen him play like this. 28 and 13, a steal, a block. 61 from the field. He missed a couple of free throws. But he's like a top 70 player this season. And I really didn't see him being this good. He's been amazing. Magaporta Jr. struggled 7-8, and 27% shooting. Apparently had a minutes limit, but played 35 of them. Maybe a little bit of a sneaky buy low there for him. And the, the Shark Bruce Brown had 5-2-2 two two with two steals. I'd hold a little bit in 12s, but I'm not doing it for the five-minute man, Bones Highland. Yeah, you can get rid of him. In fact, you can jack him off. Three points on 17%. He was out of control. He played 14 minutes. It's not going to fly. See you later, Bones. The minutes aren't there, mate. And Caldwell Pope had a really strong 15-2-4 with two steals. I think he's more fringe than 12-team must, 
But he's on a nice little stretch where you could look at him and go, yeah, I can talk myself into having him on my roster. The monstrous line of the night goes to the big chungus himself, Nikola Jokic, your waiver wire line of the night, goes to Landry Shamet. Your young gun is Anthony Lamb. Wasn't a great night for young players. And the dud of the night is Des Bain. Top 10 players today in category leagues. Number one was Jokic, then Tatum, Harden, Wood. Harden, Wood. Randall, Mitchie Robinson, John Ray Aiden, Landry Shamet, LeBron James, and Luka Doncic. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. One is Shamet. Just talked about that. Stream option. Tory Craig. Nice. Stream, maybe. Anthony Lamb, not interested. Grant Williams, deeper leagues. Reggie Bullock, three-point streamer. Um, Damian Lee at six, a good three-point streamer for the short term. Tyus Jones, we've gone over his value ad nauseum. Pat Connaughton, that's only real deep stuff. Uh, Mr. 2%, Milk Ty Jerome, no. George Niang, good three-point streamer as well. And your top 10 players in your old points leagues. Um, number one was Big Chungus. Number two was Jim Harden. Then Christian Wood, Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, Julius Randle, Chris Paul. Demetrius Morant, LeBron James, and DeAndre Ayton. And guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. And if you're on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave a comment down below. If you're watching this live, you must be pretty bloody awake. Good for you for not sleeping and watching this show. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.